good to have you. Um, so, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I saw your story, I think, in a newspaper. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Yeah, it started on online. I think this morning, Crusading Guards have taken it. Great. So, uh, what what happened? What happened to you? And when did this happen? I happened on the. Uh, she was admitted on the 13th of December, and she demised on the 17th of December. At what stage of pregnancy was she at? Uh, 32 weeks, so somewhere eight months and some few days. Did you take her to the hospital yourself? On the day that she went, that is on the 13th, I was not in Accra, I was in Kumasi. It was a normal routine checkup that she went for. She wasn't in labor? No, not in labor. So she got there on the 13th? Sure. And what did you, what, what happened based on what you know? Okay, before she went on the 13th, I think on the seventh month, we realized that uh, she took a scan at her hospital. She's a nurse with the Medina Polyclinic. Oh, she's a nurse? Sure. So she took a scan, and then in the scan, it came out that the weight of the kid in the scan was not corresponding to the month, mm. meaning the kid's, uh, the fetus weight was reducing. Mm. So they requested for a Doppler scan. Mm. And then she took the scan and then went on her next visit, which was on the 13th. So when she went, when they went through the Doppler scan, they realized uh, she needed to be admitted and then uh, a cesarean session done immediately. So I was in Kumasi and she sent me a message that this is the situation. So I called her back and I had to quickly rush to Accra. I got to Accra around 8 o'clock. The next day? That same day. The same day, day yeah, 13th, okay. Yeah. So we got bed somewhere around 9 o'clock. And then on the thirteenth, sure. Then by then she has already been told to be having a cesarean session. So she was even given an anesthesia. Is the reach her regular hospital for checkup? Sure, that is where she opted for because she was of the view that uh, being from health, being a health personnel, some of these when there are complications with maternal health, mostly is preferred to reach. She's a health she, worker, so she knows. So she would rather prefer to, to start with them. So by nine p.m., eight p.m., they are prepared there for. Caesarean. Yeah, but it didn't come on the next day. But they had, they had, when did they do the anesthesia? On the Friday. Which is the 13th? Yes. So on the Saturday, the next batch that came, we have the view that uh, they can put on a drug for eight days and see if there will be any development. So they decided not to do the second? Surgery, that the second batch. What do you mean by second batch? The second group of doctors? Yeah, the second group of doctors. So the doctors she met on the first, first day, day wanted to do the section. Sure. And she had even given anesthesia. Sure. Seriously? Sure. Then, then, but they didn't do it. Sure. And then the next day... The but do you know why they didn't do it? Yeah, they did You know, uh, what she told me was that it would take 12 hours before... She, uh, she was given an injection that it would take 12 hours before the CS. Mm. So the CS was supposed to be done Saturday morning. Wow. So on the Saturday morning, when the, the group that came opted went, against it, yeah, went through her records and they said no, they won't go. So what they would do is that they would put her on a drag. Hmm. But so on the Sunday, when the first group that came on Friday came and they said no, they will still go ahead with anesthesia uh, with the CS. So she was giving that drag again. <coughs> Are so, you serious? Yeah, so Friday, the people, the doctors or whoever or the team said we will do C-section. Sure. They give an injection that evening. Yeah. Hoping that at a certain point they'll do the section. Exactly. But they're not the same people who that, came the next day. Sure. Another group comes and says, no, no yeah. we will not do a section. She should take some drugs. Yeah. yeah. We'll monitor her. 
for eight days. That was on Saturday. Sure. Then Sunday, another group comes, which yeah, is the first group. The, the, the Friday group comes and says, no, we're going to do the C-section. So she was giving the injection again, and it was done on the Monday morning. So a second injection. Sure. This um, is anesthesia. So basically injected in the spine or where? No, or I lower that, back. that injection was given in the arm. And the arm. Yeah. Was it a general anesthesia? Or oh, you know? I don't really know. Yeah, you don't know yeah, what it is. Yeah. Fair enough. But it's an injection that she told me it would take 12 hours before the CS would be. So she goes on Friday. She gets injected. Saturday, they don't do the inject. They don't do the, the surgery. Sunday, another group comes and says sure. they're going to do the surgery. Sure. They inject her again. Sure. When do they do the surgery eventually? Monday morning. So that's four days. Yeah. So, so this is so this Friday, 13, 14, 15, 16. 16 yeah. Monday morning. Sure. What time? The schedule was if they I was with her seven o'clock in the morning when I was told they are having their normal ward uh, routine ward check. So I was asked to go out. So I was outside for somewhere two hours. I didn't hear from her because mostly she calls me to tell me they've left. So I said, Oh, let me let me come because it's far too long. So when I came in, I realized I was told she's taken to uh, she's taken to the CS, uh, to the theater for CS to be done. So I waited, waited. I didn't get any call. Then I had a call from somebody who told me I should come to the NICU, neonatal care unit. So when I went there, I asked neonatal her. Neonatal ICU? Yeah, I asked her where she got my number. She said it was in... Uh, the wife's uh, phone. Yeah, yeah. So she asked me whether I'm the husband. I said, yeah. And then she explained to me we lost the kid. So, so from the narrative she gave me, we lost the kid somewhere around 9.05. And she said the surgery was done night, was completed around 9 o'clock a.m. So she, what she told me about the, the, the kid was that uh, the organs were not much developed. The kid was very small, somewhere 0 0.7. And, then, uh, and this is the eighth month, so it's irregular. Yeah, and then uh, first one minute they rated the kid. The kid was 1 over 10. And they rated the kid again on the fifth minute. He was still one over ten. This is after he had come out. Sure. So he couldn't survive it. So he even advised if we can get somebody later. Did they talk to you before the surgery? No. Nobody talked. With, you know, mostly when they are coming, we all go out. So I've never met any doctor at Rich sit down with me to even talk, even about the surgery before. Never. No doctor. This seems to be the pattern, Nathan. This seems to be the pattern from yesterday as well. Because yes. uh, yesterday I was asking the gentleman, Collins, whether Collins, yes. somebody explained to him. None at all. Because I, when I take my wife to the hospital, they will tell you yes. sure, sure. that this is the reason why we are have to do this. You are not even supposed to ask. They are yes. supposed to let you know that this is what is going yes. on. This is why we are doing this. So you are abreast of the process. Yeah. Because you you don't know well, what is I don't know the numbers at reach, so we can't we can't sure, talk. Sure. The hospitals I go to are private, so maybe they they have less. But it's supposed to be done after her death with my little enquiry. It's supposed to be done. I so mean, you consented about when the it. form did anybody sign any form for that? She was made to sign the form when she was taken to the theater after the injection. Yeah. So you were not the one who signed the no. form. That's extraordinary. I didn't even see the form. All right. So nine a.m. The, the baby, they finish the surgery. Mm -hmm. They say that you lost the baby. Mm -hmm. uh, but how is your wife at this time? So I was giving the baby for interment. I went and came back in the evening around 8 o'clock. I was still hovering around the place to get any feedback from anybody. So I went to the theaters, just going to room to room to see whether I would find it. I couldn't find it. And I came back. But the person who gave you the baby, didn't they tell you where your wife was? No, you know, they were at the NICU, so the baby was brought to them. But you, so, but why didn't you go to the room where the surgery was done for your wife? You see, I told you, Nisha, that when I was outside, 
and they were coming for the normal ward checks. That was when they took her. So I didn't know where... You don't know her. where they took her? No, 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 I didn't know. Why did you let them take her away? That was something. I was outside wow. when they were coming for their normal routine check. I get it. So then the surgery was done without you being there? No, no, not at all. And you were called to the NICU to come for the baby? Exactly. And they explained to you the baby died? Sure. But you couldn't ask about your wife at the time because these are NICU people, not... Sure. Uh, they, they told me the baby was brought to them. Wow. And whoever brought it, I didn't know. Mm. So she even... But, you know, when they brought the baby, they added the mother's folder to so it. So you know that this is so your baby. So they went through the folder and called me. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. So this is 9.05. Sure. What then happens? At what point did you get to see your wife? So I met her somewhere between 8 to 9 o'clock in the evening. And what, how oh, I the got, evening? Yeah, how I got to even know was that she was in a side ward and she was there with a lady, a certain lady who has already delivered and she was... She was here to be discharged. So the husband was leaving the premises. So my wife gave the number to the husband to call me, to show me where the wife was. Wow. So through the man's call, I was able to trace to that. So when I got there, I asked the nurses and they showed me and I told them. They even told me it's too late. It's not time for visit. And I said, oh, since her, said, you haven't seen her. So I want to see her before I go. Hmm. He said, okay, then they'll give me some few minutes to spend with her. So we went and we had a little chat. She, what she told me was that she, she was okay. The surgery went well. Uh, and she was emphatic. The doctor who operated her was very good. So you spoke uh, to her in the evening? Sure. Before. And then she only complained of test. She was feeling testy. So I, I reported mm. to the side ward nurse. And then I left. This is I, Monday evening? Sure. So I left, came home. And then at dawn, somewhere 5 o'clock, I had a call to quickly rush to the hospital. I thought maybe it's the, an emergency, something that they would need my presence. So I quickly rushed, came there, and I was asked to sit and wait for somebody to join me. So I called the auntie. The auntie joined me. We were there for some time, only for the doctor to come and tell me the unfortunate situation. Then what he what he spoke of was the word embolism. Yeah. So I asked one nurse, what pulmonary embolism. Pulmonary embolism which is uh, having to do with blood clot Clots. that was formed from the leg, which moved up to, the lungs. to the lungs and then blocked the arteries uh, yeah. b- between the heart and then the lung. And she, was, she had seizures, reflectness. She became desaturated and then she went off. Did they explain to you how the surgery went? Nobody explained to me. The <coughs> only thing that I was told is about her death and the word embolism that was mentioned. So they told me if I if I don't understand anything, I can apply for an autopsy. So I said, okay, I'll opt for it. And I was given the autopsy. And then I think in three days' time, even it was not time for the autopsy to be done, but the director was able to push for it to be done. Well, I was I was so hard on them that I really wanted to know what happened. So they even brought somebody from Ridge to join me, plus their family member, from, plus my wife's family member to join me. So we're three at the room and the autopsy was done and it was revealed that we uh, it's not it, it is not it was i saw it the blood clot in her uh, the valves in the lungs both two valves were all blocked so why are you seeing the hospital okay so after the surgery uh that we had a briefing mostly after the autopsy they do briefing so that you get a fair idea of what transpired because most of them comes in medical terms so the pathologist, very good man, he was very frank with me. He opened up so many things to me. But he said something in, his, in the course of the discussion that uh, this is, my wife had no underlying condition that he knows might have caused it. So probably it will be post-surgery. 
So that that statement prompted me mm-hmm. to do a, a further check on what might have caused it. Because if something is post-surgery, meaning the condition occurred after surgery. So I did my own check and I had a call with other doctors and gynees and gave them the whole situation about what is embolism. And what they told me was that embolism comes in different, uh, is caused in different ways. And there are risk factors that every health personnel or clinician is supposed to see to know that this particular patient is susceptible to pulmonary embolism. And the first thing they made mention was that if you are immobile for, if you are, first of all, if you are cut, if you have mm. a cut in you, what they said is that the whole human system is made in a way that anytime there's a cut in you, there are clots that are formed in your body to prevent Friends you from, from bleeding. bleeding to death. Now, some of these clots comes in smaller forms that when you become immobile, and then the tension between your veins are not mm. moving that far. Mm. They tend to coagulate. Mm. That is, they form mm. bigger clots. And some of these clots can go to block the, the pulmonary em- uh, distance. So I said, okay. So first of all, it has to do with when you are cut. So it made my wife at risk because she's gone through surgery. Second one is when you have heavy weight, when mm. your weight is, is big. And my wife was 90 kilograms. Mm which made her also at risk. And when you are immobile... Mm, and, you are, and you had been injected to continuous sure. days. So, these three factors. And then he also made mention of when a lady is pregnant and she's red, she looks reddish, or she has pida edema, edema, which is swollen legs. My wife too had some swollen legs in the course of... Even on the before the surgery, she had swollen legs. So, I was now wondering why if these four... Uh, situations were there, risk factors were there. Didn't the hospital see it? Didn't mm. they see that my wife stood at risk? So what I did was that I went to the hospital and then inquired from them whether any of these uh, precautionary measures were adhered to. That is the first thing I did. I went to them and asked. So I asked Dr. Pobi, the very person who did the surgery. He was, he, he was very frank with me that yes, there are precautionary measures. But since my wife's issue has to do with death, I should now meet the medical director of which and then uh, ask him for. So I wrote a letter to them. We'll talk about the letter when we come back. It's a minute past eight, 97.3 CDFM. I guess Mustafa Mohammed, the husband of a. Hmm. Lost a child and in three days lost his wife. He's suing the hospital. We're hearing a story on the show today. It's a continuation of a series we've been running. First day, Kolebu. Second day, Amasaman. Today is Ridge. Who knows where we are going tomorrow? Let's bring you tech and social media trends. Next, it's brought to you by Standard Chartered Bank. Your health and safety are important to us. That's why we've stepped up the frequency of the cleaning of our branches and all our touchable surfaces so you don't get infected when you use our ATMs or visit our branches. We're also urging you to use our straight-to-bank channels and our digital banking channels. The good thing about these channels are that you might win an app. Amazing reward when you transact with SC Mobile. Stay safe and keep well standard chartered here for good. Kojo, let's hear what's trending today. Yes, if you check Twitter, Bernard. Hmm. Oh, you continue. So the injections your wife was giving, uh, I am told it's not anesthesia. Anesthesia is only given before the surgery properly. So uh, doctor is telling me it is likely to be (laughs) dexamethasone. To mature the lungs because 32 weeks baby is preterm sure. and the lungs mature 34 weeks and so what what and and that dexamethosine is given 
12 to 24 hours to work so it wasn't sure, anesthesia sure, sure. well but because you were not there you were just telling me what happened so yeah. she was given an injection but the, the doctors are telling me this was to mature the lungs so far you've said that you've told me that just to narrate it, I'm, I'm correct yeah. uh, 13th your wife goes to the hospital yeah. routine check your wife is a nurse she goes to Ridge Hospital um, whilst they are checking they realize that the baby is too small yeah. for the for the maturity yeah, yeah so they said they need to remove the baby sure. so she has to go through a process sure. the, the friday team what started preparing her for this sure. so they give the injection to mature the lungs sure. and that's by friday evening sure. so that the, the, the 12 hours should have worn off by saturday, saturday morning, morning yeah. to do the section saturday morning team says no we don't think we want to do remove the baby we want to give her some drugs yeah. so the whole of saturday nothing happens Wasted, yeah. sunday team come who is the friday yeah. team says no we think we need to remove this baby exactly. so they decide to prepare her again give another injection sure. for the lungs yeah. monday morning they start yeah. now operation starts in the morning by nine o'clock they are done or nine o five sure you are you are outside all the while sure you are called to go to the NICU, NICU new infant or new neonatal mm. icu care unit. and you're giving the body of your baby sure. told that the baby didn't make it sure and that this is the folder so this is the wife so this sure. is obviously your baby exactly. so go and deal with the baby you haven't seen your wife still exactly so monday morning you go and do the needful for the baby sure. you still not seeing your wife till the evening sure of monday sure. how do you see your wife somebody calls you by phone and says look my wife is here with your wife so sure. come in exactly. you go and see your wife she talks to you she says i'm thirsty and she's okay the doctor did it well so i, I feel i'll be fine sure so you feel confident and you go home to go and bring stuff. Exactly. You go home on Mon Monday evening yeah. and you are called very early on Tuesday, Tuesday gone. that there's an, an emergency coming. Sure. You go and they ask you to sit down and they call another relative. Sure. And the doctor explains that your wife is dead. Sure. And they tell you it's because of pulmonary embolism. embolism yeah. And then you offer one autopsy. autopsy. And in the process of asking all the questions, yeah. you feel the reason she had those blood clots could have been because of the factors that happened within the surgery exactly. not because she had any underlying condition exactly. predisposing her she didn't have any hypertension or anything that, that would predispose her to yeah. this pulmonary embolism yeah. so for which reason you feel the hospital so now what i want to know is what do you think the hospital did wrong for which reason you want to sue okay without going to all the merits of the case because sure. i'm sure you've got you already filed yeah. so just give me roughly in human normal language why you think the hospital should be blamed for this yeah, um, um, i also want to also i want to make this too clear mm -hmm. i'm also taking this as an opportunity to also educate people and let other people know about some of these stuffs that goes on even mm -hmm. with our own women yes and so that when they are also going for maternal uh, health they will also be a little cautious about it because mm -hmm. i was not privy to some of this information was this your first child with her yeah oh sorry so uh, I think in the postmortem it was written uh, the cause of death was pulmonary thromboembolism, and then the status was post-operative. So it was they were emphatic that it is after operation because it okay. Mm -hmm. Now the reason I'm assuming is that uh, first of all my wife was susceptible to pulmonary embolism from what I have gathered so far. She was immobile for 12 hours. She has gone through surgery. Uh, she was having pedidema, which is swollen legs, and uh, that is, was enough. What I was expecting was, so I think I went, to continue from where I, I, I ended, I went to the, to the doctor to request, and I was told to write in, to put it in writing, 
I did that and I was given the report on the 26th of February and in the in the in the in the report that I was given uh, somewhere in page uh, paragraph 6 of page 2 I saw a word there which is subcut fragment with other medications was prescribed but the, but the subcut fragment was not bought subcut uh, which is subcutaneous means uh, drugs that are injected under the epidermis under the skin meaning it is injected it's not taken it's not a pill so i realized she there was this drug that she was supposed to be injected but it wasn't injected now uh, and then at the summary part they made a profound statement over there and they said the protocol of the department is to administer prophylactic anticoagulant therapy after 12 hours of cesarean session Unfortunately, the husband did not procure the said medication, even though it was prescribed before surgery. Even after surgery, the staff impressed upon him to procure the drug, but he failed to procure the medication until the unfortunate thromboembolic complication happened. So they're accusing you exactly. of, of not, not buying the medicine sure. for which she should have been given to save her life, exactly. which is why you're upset. So initially, is he already... I have come to you to come and ask you what caused the death. Mm -hmm. And I even made it clear to you that I have been privy to certain things that might have prevented it. And I even made mention of a drug. But I was not privy to the name of the drug. So I just told them, oh, I've heard that there are some drugs that when she was giving would have prevented it. And I'm told the name of the drug is thinness. They make the blood light yes. so that blood will not coagulate. Exactly. So that is the, that is what I told them. That was before the report. Mm -hmm. Initially, I was just going for explanations. And they even told me, to put it in writing. Mm -hmm. So I put it in writing and gave to them mm -hmm. for them to give me this report. So it prompted me that mm, this would be an afterthought. Mm -hmm. Because the very thing that I'm asking you about, you are now giving me the report and being emphatic. So you're saying that at no point where did, you, did they ask you to buy any drug that no, you didn't I buy? Have not, I've not even met anybody. So how did they now put in a report that you should have bought a drug? Exactly. So that is what I'm saying. Then I suspected it to be an afterthought. So it now it. gave me the mm. F3 to move more. So I went home and took a receipt. You know, when they are coming to do CS, I told you earlier on, I wasn't even there when they procured the drugs for the CS. So they call it CS pack. It comes in a box. Mm -hmm. They give you, you go to the uh, pharmacy, you pay, and then they give you, it's in a box. They give it, so you don't even know what it entails. Mm -hmm. So I got the receipt of my wife, brought the receipt the next day to the hospital and went to the pharmacy and told them to print the statement of receipt of the drug that were procured before the surgery. Thank you. So it was during that period I went through, and in number 11 of the receipt, receipt number R25-160-77, and it is written boldly here, ING, which is injection fragment. Wow. The very drug that the hospital claimed that, that I couldn't procure. You couldn't buy after you were impressed upon to exactly. buy. And it was bought on the 13th of December, 6.46. Kai. That is on the evenings when I was even somewhere in Konongo in a vehicle coming to Accra. I've not even got into Accra yet. That was when my wife even... She was strong. She wasn't sick. Uh, because she's a nurse as well. So, so she, she bought all these things. Yeah, she bought them. Her name is on the receipt. I wasn't the one who bought so it. So it is your view that the claim that she died because the medicine wasn't administered because you failed to procure it was an afterthought and a lie. Exactly. And the evidence you have is that your wife bought the medicine exactly. and in the receipt listed there, <coughs> that medicine is there. Fragment is here. It's here right now. Wow. See it. Wow. Fragment. Wow. Injection fragment. Wow. It was bought. So it now it now made me feel mm, something went wrong. So I pulled further. And could you believe Bernard? When I went through when she she passed on, I was given a bill of thousand three hundred. And uh, I checked through the drugs and I saw a drug called Glexin. Mm. Now in my inquiry 
with one doctor, he made mention of that name, the, the name of that doctor, Clexin. So he asked me, ah, if they hadn't even given her fragment, why didn't they give her Clexin? Mm -hmm. So whilst I was going through the drugs that uh, were procured before, uh, drugs that were administered, to, I saw Clexin. So I was like, oh, then it might even be that he was giving the Clexin. Mm. So let me even stop with this issue. Then I went through the report. During, when I was going through the report, I realized I got to uh, when the time 2, 2 uh, 22 a.m. That was when she was giving Clexin. Her condition started 102 a.m. Mm. And she demands 244. Oh. And she was giving Clexin 222. Mm. So when I went through, and then I went on the website of Clexin, those who do did Clexin, and it was clear that Clexin only prevents it doesn't it doesn't when the blood has already been clotted, it, it, has, work. it can't work again. Oh lord. And it is a prophylaxis means prevention. Mm. It's something that prevents. You not, understand? Not so it's not for treatment. So you don't give the person when they when they gave it to her when they suspected it is oh. thromboembolism. That's one hour after. Sure. And you cleansing uh, to uh, the, the prophylaxis anticoagulant should be given twelve hours after cesarean session, mm. meaning she was supposed to be giving the drug somewhere around nine p.m. Jesus, and she passed on two forty-four. <laughs> so mm. in the eighteenth to nineteenth hour, that was when my wife passed on. Oh, and with my little check on cleansing, interestingly, when I went through the receipt, I realized cleansing was National Health Insurance covered drug. Oh. which my wife was a beneficiary. Oh. So even in the receipt, Clexin was not paid for. So oh. my question is, if the hospital says I couldn't procure fragment, hmm. assuming without admitting I couldn't get money to, to procure it, what prevented them from giving Clexin when they know it is National Health Insurance covered? My little checks also shows that it is part of the SDG to make sure that oh. women are giving some of these things because at the point, most of them can't afford money to buy some of these things. So it's part of the NHIs to prevent maternal mortality. And Rich Hospital knows it. They know it. My question is, why should Rich even be prescribing fragment when Clexin is for free? Oh. Because they've signed contract with certain people. So you've and bought, the, if we, you've bought uh, f uh, f the medicine. Yes. They've said you've not bought, bought it. it. They've accused you of being the one who sure. caused it. Sure. And they get, oh wow. You mean you you've, you've almost gained a degree a first degree in in, exactly. in pharmacy? So how long have you been doing this investigation? I started just after her demise that I started, and as at I think on that before 30th of March I was done with everything. It's wow. because of the COVID that I stayed to for a while to wait for everything to come now before we. And push. I'm I'm suspecting you have doctors who advise you a lot. I have doctors. And you're, I have pharmacy med. Pharma so if if you have covered your base. Sure. So you've, you've sued? Sure. And um, which court is this? Adakra High Court. When is the first hearing? I think it? they were served somewhere yesterday or so. So eight days from then is when they're supposed to appear. So we'll hear from them. You know, our procedures are that when you sue somebody, they have to appear in eight days. Then they're giving 14 days to file defense. You know, these are legal procedures. So we're following suit as and when it continues. How are you processing the death of your wife and your son with all of this because this is a lot of work uh, is this helping because i look it's, it's not helping it's making it worse yeah it's making it worse it, it, it's not how long happen. had you been married only 20 months oh lord what what do you do what are you what, what work do you do i'm a publisher i do graphic design i own a printing firm and she's a nurse yeah and you people live where madina sure butchie, we are butchie. Butchie, yeah. oh, Charlie, you are my neighbor too <laughs> wow look 
go for it. I I think I think you you have um, a lot of spouses who've lost a, a, a wife sure. would be listening and be cheering you on because I think if you succeed, they will also yeah, find some yes, hope yes, to do yes, this yes, because sure. there's a lot of family in Ghana. Exactly. And I feel that maybe this case may become a new frontier in the way healthcare is delivered. Yeah. It may lead to a, some serious institutional reform exactly. in how our people are treated. I mean, exactly. look, I'm lucky when my wife is pregnant, I doctors talk to me to the extent that they even, maybe it's because of what work I do, I don't know. Some of some even call you on the phone mm -hmm. and explain to you what they are going to do if you are not there. Mm -hmm. Okay? And they, I mean, I don't know whether this is possible for me to say, you, you are there to see the surgery happening. Exactly. I've seen a surgery. So I am, it's very sad that they, you didn't know anything. You're just sitting outside in the dark sure. and you are just giving these piecemeal answers. And if this is what typical Ghanaian men or partners or whoever takes their spouse or hospital go through, then it means that people could die and we won't even get a proper explanation. Exactly. So look, go for it. Honestly, go for it. And go I for it. I would also wish that uh, going forward, mm -hmm. this is just a recommendation I'm putting across. Yeah. Uh, you see, yesterday I was listening to the man that was here and he said he set a committee. Yeah. And interestingly, the chairman of that committee is the current medical director of the Ridge Hospital, who is implicated, implicating me now. Mm. Now, so this is the question. Now, it's like a cabal. When the issues popped up, assuming I didn't take it to court and I decided to take it to the Greater Accra Regional Health Directorate and they set a committee, they would have, let's say, a guy somewhere who would be spearheading it. This guy is supposed to now go through, and when he sees the name of Dr. Sefrenyo, he'll be like, wow. So there's possibility that there will be something somewhere that would not inure to my own benefit. So the last time I think on GH1, uh, a doctor was called a medical doctor, a, a, a lawyer but with a medical background. And he made some suggestion that we should have an ombudsman in Ghana. It's very common in the UK from what I gathered, where they have they are independent. Uh, the patients or the patient relatives can report. The doctors can be sanctioned so that we will not have the same doctors checking their own people. Well, at the end, of, it will be hard for a normal medical gynecologist to, 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 to check uh, Dr. Sefrenion at his pedigree. Very, well, he's, he's a top surgeon. So when we have people who are independent, who are different, only for health, because, boss, I will tell you for a fact, uh, you can have security men around you guiding you, but when your health becomes deteriorated, you realize they, 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 they don't come in anywhere. You can have the biggest mansion, but when your health is deteriorating, you, you can't come in anywhere. And we are, it's, it seems gradually we are having a system whereby only, the, only few people are now getting better health care because they think they have the money. I'm sure if Dr. Sefrenian knew that I'm the son of the the, uh, the health minister, or I'm, I'm, I'm the son of a, a bigger chief somewhere, he wouldn't have even made an effort to even write that I can't even procure the medicine. Oh. So anybody that passes through the hospital, they see them to be, we are normal, you understand? Unfortunately, he met the abnormal person, and I'll prove to him that I'm, 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 at, I'm abnormal at what he did to me. But coming, I think we should have a system where every lay person should get the same treatment that any other person can also get. Because imagine if you didn't have the med the background you have to even have understand all the things you've written. Yeah. Bukwa. What they even told me initially, just after the demise, when I went to his office, was that it's an accident. That's the first word I heard from his mouth. And that one out of hundred, it can happen among one out of hundred women might go through this condition. So funny, funny, funny excuse. So basically just a statistic. Yeah. 
just making you feel like uh, I was saying, see, why should I don't want to say, see, a whole year we get about 400 and something maternal death in Ghana here. 400 women are dying. If it were men, 100 men die. Would you think that everybody would be sitting down watching? They might have made a move. Why is it that because it's, it's women? 400 women die in Ghana. And after her death, I have popped into so many, and I'm getting many information about, even this Saturday, a woman was buried. Oh. At Aoshin. And many of them, and you see, you go and give birth, you die, you leave the kid, and taking care of kids that are, are, have no mothers is even difficult. What are even the hospitals doing to support some of these, these, these spouses? So you die, no, you go, nobody cares about you. Unless you decide to probe it, to move it to the level that I'm trying to do, to get to the bottom of it. You understand? And I have been privy to so many informations. Later, we'll discuss about so many, so many informations as to even, even money that are designated to be given to... In this 21st century, we, you, see still on, you, you still see on TV women at Kolebu put on backyard, some corner somewhere. They can't afford to pay 6,000, 5,000 Ghana cities for, for delivery. And so the, the, the hospitals have, have packed their things somewhere. And you see it on TV. People will come and say, I've gone to pay for 10 people who couldn't pay. When some of these hospitals have been giving money to prevent maternal mortality. From the SDGs, from European Union, from America. So many people have called me from outside telling me money they are even investing into Ghana just to keep some of these things. And they use them to do programs, uh, midwife. And when you hear the amount, they will tell you, we used to run this program for midwives. When people are at the hospitals, they can't even afford 5,000. And you, and they you don't see, have bed. Some of them are sleeping on the floor. Bernard, we are even getting to a level. And let me tell you something. Some of these doctors, they have four bedroom, five bedroom, and they've turned them into maternal uh, uh, delivery centers. You come there, then they'll move you there. When they see that, oh, 50, you can pay 6,000, you can pay 5,000, then they will direct you to their own personal. So I think henceforth, if we have to change the narratives, we have to change this angle of giving them that opportunity to be setting up their own med uh, maternal centers. Because at the end of the day, Oba, they will push you to their, their sides. Some of them even take you there. When you become serious, they bring you to the hospitals and then they take you back to their, their places for you to recover. Then they charge you 7,000, 8,000. If you can't pay, then come and go to the nonsense that they are. They, so the system, the doctors themselves have created that system over there. And, 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 and people are suffering, people are falling victims of it. So if you can't afford, so now we are getting to a level in Ghana, 15 minutes said you should cost somebody 6,000 to 7,000 Ghana. Why? So if you know you can't go to Kolebu, you can't go to G, then get that 6,000 Ghana and go to Lista, go to uh, Medip, go to those big, big, so that they will not take good care of you. Why can't the very doctors who are there, who are doing their locum, not even permanent workers, who are now with our health sectors, why can't they inculcate the same spirit and the same tenacity that they are putting at those their so-called private hospitals at the government hospitals so that we everybody can go there? Um, a, a lawyer can just walk in and say, I'm coming for medical health. A, a, a market woman can say, I'm coming to, for, for, for medical health. And then they will all be treated and go to the same procedures just as everybody is going through. So I think henceforth, if we have to change the narrative, it should start from there. The system itself must change. The very people that we think they have to change the system are the same people who are, who are going through those things. If mm. you have doctors who are having their own maternal health and they are taking their patients there, and at the end of the day, people are not getting the very right thing that they wanted, and they have to now move you to their centers, then what are we fighting for? Wow. Mustafa Mohammed is a citizen and not a spectator. Citizen and not a spectator. Uh, father to a lost son, a husband to a lost wife. I'm lost without a call. Thank you. Uh, look, you've made my day. 
you give me hope, you know, it means that Charlie, we, we, we are not the only person who shouts. You will also take up the fight. Sure. We will support you. Sure. Go for it. God bless you. It is well. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed. And, and thank you too for the campaign. I've seen since Monday you've been pushing it. And, mm. and, and we have to push it. Thank I, you. I, I'm very happy seeing you do that. Thank you, sir. Who on earth can I turn to? I look to you. We have lots of comments coming in. We'll read them shortly. But let's give you your money. Personal finance tip brought to you by Cow Bank. The app enables you to send money to friends and loved ones to do all the things you do regularly, this time on your phone. School fee payment, bill payment, service delivery, e-commerce, all happen. You don't even need a card account for this to happen. Link your Visa or MasterCard, MTM Mobile Money Wallet to the app. You're good to go. You can call toll-free 0800-500-500 or chat with us online on our social media platforms. I was going to give a personal finance tip. I think sometimes people should support, you know, courses like this. So let's assume you want to be blessed, right? Sometimes you can say to the guy I just interviewed, look, we will pay your legal fees because we think that the fight you are fighting is not for yourself. You are fighting for society. For all of us. So whatever cost you incur, we will come together and give you money. Mm -hmm. So even if you lose the court case, you won't use your money to pay for it because this is not a personal 